With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to another hastily prepared edition of Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I believe I have Doug House and Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line. Gentlemen, are you there? Word up. Hello. Uh, that was an exciting one. Two to two in the ninth inning, Dave. Stephen Drew battling flu-like symptoms all week. Hasn't had an at-bat since Sunday's 18-inning game. Comes on and a pinch hit opportunity. Triples off the wall. It was originally ruled a double, of course. They waited until after all we punched in all the headlines before they changed it to a triple. Wins it for the Nationals. They evened it up with the Padres. Uh, they said after the game, Stephen Drew lost seven or eight pounds this week. He's been getting IVs all week. But once again, uh, Stephen Drew, big free, well, not a big free agent signing, but a free agent signing this winter, continues to come through for the Nationals when given opportunities and came out big tonight. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, that was a game that the Nats really needed to win after losing two or three to the Dodgers and the first one to the Padres. Um, this would have turned into uh, uh, a bit of a struggle stretch, but uh, um, Drew comes in with a, with a big hit. Um, Anthony Rendon on his pony comes all the way around from first, and then um, you know let the let the mugging and the and the glad handing commence down the third baseline. But uh, uh, definitely a, an exciting game, a well played game, um, well pitched by both sides, and um, and the right team came out on top. So, guys, I know you were at the game. Uh, Nationals kept on getting opportunities, not coming through towards the end of the game there. Looks like it was going to be another long one, maybe extra innings again, but Anthony Rendon's second hit of the night, lines a single to the left to start the ninth inning off of Kevin Quackenbush, who might have the best name in baseball. Uh, Danny Espinosa fails to get the bunt down there, ends up striking out swinging when contact is absolutely necessary there, but... Espy had a great month last month, so Stephen Drew has to come through and does with that big hit off the uh, out-of-town scoreboard and right. Yeah, I keep wanting to believe in Danny Espinosa, but he keeps on being streaky. You know, what What can you do? Uh, he, he puts together a great great string of games, positive at that. And this is a guy who's actually, and surprisingly for, for the Nats over their history, good at bunting, yet for some reason – he can't even seem to put down a sacrifice. This is a guy who's pretty sharp at, a, at the drag bunt, at the push bunt, who uh, knows how to lake, locate the ball and deaden it. And today he just couldn't get his bat on it. Uh, it. It's a little frustrating, and then he comes and takes that mighty home run swing instead of shortening up to strike out. Uh, I, I was about ready to, to, you know, throw my hat on the ground and jump up and down on it because I didn't take advantage of the uh, – buy one, get one, half-off margarita sale at, uh, up on the upper deck, which really could have come in handy at that point, let me tell you. But uh, Drew came through again, our not big, but free agent signing, uh, and, and that, was, uh, that, that was quite a relief because uh, we, we were out of water at that point, and uh, I, I wasn't quite sure how we were going to make it through extras. 
just reading some uh, news here on MLB trade rumors via Ken Rosenthal. The Yankees are close to trading Aroldis Chapman. We'll get back to that in a minute because there have been some Nationals-related rumors to that, but we'll stick with the game for now, Dave. Uh, Max Scherzer on the mound, 0.66 ERA, 7 walks, 33 Ks, a 158, 229, 232 line against in the last four starts, 27 and a third in his pitch. He's also managed to keep the ball in the yard over that stretch, giving up just one home run. So he still started the night with an NL leading 21 home runs allowed. He gave up his 21 in the second, a two-run home run by Ryan Mayle. He in the, uh, put a Padres up 2 nothing. He took a 2-0 fastball out to right, bounced it off the facade of the second deck there. Just a real absolute bomb by Schimpf there. Seven uh, Ks for Scherzer, though, 76 pitches through five. Uh, 14 of 15 set down after a leadoff single in the third. Ten Ks total on the night, 99 pitches. Uh, after he struck out the side in a one two three seventh in his last inning of work on the night. Uh, outside of the home run, which has pretty much been our qualification for everything about Scherzer's done this year, uh, another solid start by Max. He's put together a nice stretch here, but really left that uh, one fastball up the shimp that he just absolutely crushed. Yeah, well, you know, two earned runs in seven innings is still a pretty solid performance. Um, you know, got behind Schimpf and, and just got too much of the plate on a get-me-over fastball and then Schimpf pounded it. I mean, uh, apparently this guy um, has the most home runs of anyone in the month and, um, you know, someone that, that A, is, is, is a rookie, but B, a rookie toiling in, in media obscurity in San Diego so nobody's heard of him. But, um, yeah, they made one mistake. But other than that, the, the 10Ks, um, you know, just choking off any opportunities the Padres had at any time by just dialing back and throwing 97 and blowing people away. I mean, the, the fastball that he got Matt Kemp on, uh, after twice, um, you know, getting time called on him during his uh, during his leg kick, um, you know, I think that just kind of ticked him off, and he just reared back and just blew him away. So, um, you know, you know, we've had we've talked good things about Scherzer all season long. Uh, we'll continue to talk good things about him. I mean, this was um, a move that continues to to pay off dividends. It was a, a shoe business, but move by uh, by Mike Rizzo to to get this guy in the first place. Um, it looks even better after the Strasburgs re-signing to, to the long-term deal. I mean, these two guys are going to be leading the Nats uh, pitching staff for, for several more years to come, and, and it's just uh, like with Strasburg, it's a pleasure to watch Scherzer go out there and work every five days. So, guys, even in his last inning of work there, he was dialing up to 97, 96 most of the time. I, I do believe he even hit 98 as he was approaching 100 pitches there stomping around the mound, striking out batters left and right. Uh, I mentioned he retired 14 of the last 15 he faced. He struck out seven of them along the way, just piling up Ks. If you're going to give up the one uh, home run, uh, luckily most of the season it's been solo home runs, just a two-run home run tonight. But uh, impressed once again with Max Scherzer, and he's really kind of managed to keep the ball in the yard the last couple starts and hasn't given up much of anything. Yeah, and if you're going to give up two runs over seven innings, uh, all right, it's a little aggravating to to see it come on a two-run shot like that because you think, all right, make make one better pitch to Curly Joe there, and uh, and maybe we get out of it with zero. But uh, you know, the, the the runs are just the same as if he'd given it up on I don't you know a, a walk and a couple of hits with a sacrifice thrown in there or something like that. Um, so <laughs> still a solid result. And quite frankly, if uh, if the Nets are facing Edwin Jackson. Two runs over seven innings should be plenty. Uh, there, there's, there's really no reason that uh, 
it's, this this game should have been in doubt for as long as it was. You know, good good on Edwin that he's he's having a good stretch of games there. You know, I, I certainly bear him no ill will, but you know, he is uh, he, he is not an elite pitcher, and uh, you know, the, the Nats being the sporting gentlemen that they are, you know, decided not to cash in any runners too quickly. But uh, yeah, good good output by Scherzer, and uh, nice of the Nats to finally come around and and, and push a push up a go ahead run there. Dave, uh, Doug has mentioned Edwin Jackson there. Old friend E. Jax uh, made his Padres debut on July 17th, took a no-hitter into the seventh in that start. Began the year with the Marlins, of course, but signed a minor league deal with the Padres after he was – I think he was released by the Marlins. I didn't go back and look for my sake of my notes. But anyway, a walk single, sack fly by Daniel Murphy in the fourth, cut the uh, early Padres lead to 2-1. to one. SB doubles, scores on a revere double, 2-2 two to two in the uh, – Fifth inning, uh, six hits, two runs total over the six innings that he was on the mound. Uh, nice start from Ejax. Uh, kind of surprised to see him coming back as strong as he did. A little bit frustrating for the Nationals, as Doghouse mentioned. He's not an elite pitcher. He kind of kept the Nationals in check for the most part, just those two runs allowed. Yeah, no, he's not an elite pitcher, but he's always been useful. I shouldn't say always. He's mostly been useful, and um, and he's been pretty good of late. You know, he took a no-hitter uh, deep in his last effort, and, um, you know, Jackson's a guy that uh, that when he's on uh, has is tough to hit. You know, he, he had the, the now infamous 147-pitch uh, no-hitter several years ago where he walked six uh, in the process of throwing a no-hitter. So uh, this guy's always had, had swing and miss stuff, you know, uh, um, you know, bad contact stuff when he's on. Uh, when he's off, he's throwing batting practice, and he's had uh, stretches, uh, you know, in, in, encompassing whole seasons where he's been off and, and has gotten beaten up. But but he's also had stretches where he's been tremendously competent. Uh, you know, he, he was a, a reliever with an ERA under three a couple of years ago, and uh, and he's been pretty good this year. But uh, um, but again, the Nats got just enough done today against him to. Uh, to keep it close late and win it, win it even later. Um, I want to remark about the uh, the Ben Revere at bat and uh, an extra base hit that, that drove in that other run. I mean, that was an instance where, um, you know, it was a big spot for the Nats. They, were, uh, um, they really needed someone to come through there. And, and Revere's a guy that obviously has had his struggles this season, but um, but, but notable that, that, uh, that he had a good at bat there, got good wood on the ball, and, and drove in the tying run. To take the win today, uh, even up the series, one each going into the rubber match tomorrow. Doghouse before the game today, Dusty Baker made the announcement that Lucas Giolito is going to come back. It's not really a surprise there. I think Dave and I both said the other day that it made the most sense. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez just sent down. I think he's five days into the ten days that you have to go before you can call him back up unless there's an injury. So not really surprised it's going to be Lucas Giolito. Kind of surprised the way they talked about his command and need to work on his secondary pitches that he's back up so quickly, but kind of necessitated by Joe Ross not being back yet. So we'll get to see Lucas Giolito again tomorrow in the series finale, making his third major league start. Yeah, he's got a bunch of stuff to work on, but here, uh, go go out and pitch a major league game. You know, win us, uh, win us a series if you can. Um uh, honestly, I would have rather seen Ronaldo Lopez pitch again because he he really seems like uh, like he he's got it a little more together. I mean, not not the complete package yet, certainly, but but wow, really showed us some flashes the last time he was up. On the other hand, you know, Giolito's had a couple of weeks to work on it, so you know maybe he's uh, he's he's 
fixed his command and, and is, is now every, everything is great again. Uh, you know, I, that, that's a little ungenerous. I, I, even if he is still kind of working it out, uh, I think we're still going to get uh, a lot of uh, uh, some, some innings of interesting baseball out of him and uh, uh, potentially a, a few kind of uh, hopefully not painful but very interesting and flashy at bats and, and outs out of him. Uh, Dave, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, Ken Rosenthal reporting that uh, Yankees are telling teams that they're close to trading uh, Rolfus Chapman, whether or not that's just an attempt to get everyone to up their offers here, uh, approaching the deadline. We don't know, but MLB.com still lads in the report the other day that the Nationals have kind of made him a priority, trying to add him to the bullpen, uh, bolster their bullpen, which is strengthening a, strengthening his strength, I think, again now. Uh, Lazen mentioned the possibility of Michael A. Taylor. Ken Rosenthal in his full count video today said that Eric Fetty's name is out there. The Nationals, according to all these reports, aren't willing to part with their top four uh, prospects, Giolito, Turner, uh, uh, Ronaldo Lopez, or Robles. They don't want to give up those top-tier guys, but what do you think about the possibility of maybe a Michael A. Taylor, Eric Fetty, some sort of package similar to that? probably a little bit more than what the Yankees gave up to get them with the deal with the Reds, but what do you think about the Nationals doing that if they are the ones, and do you think they are the ones who are going all out here to try to get another big arm for their bullpen? You know, personally, I hope not. I would rather see, if they're going to go after a late reliever, I'd rather see them go after a guy like Wade Davis from the Royals, who um, apparently the Royals are going to be shopping around a little bit. Um, You know, Davis has has got a couple more years on his contract. He's a guy that could... uh, um, obviously, slide into your closer role. I think um, I think Chapman brings as much baggage as he does talent. Um, obviously, a very big arm, but but uh, um, you know, plus you you bring in um, Chapman, a guy who's used to uh, used to being the closer, obviously, and and um, you know we, we, the Nets already have a guy that that, that is theoretically contractual contractually obligated to be the closer, so. Um, you know, I, there's an awful lot of personality to go on there on top of the baseball issues. Um, I just I would rather see them go after a more flexible reliever like Wade Davis as opposed to um, as opposed to Chapman. But that's just a personal preference. I will note that Mike Rizzo did say on 106.7 The Fan two weeks ago that any rumors about him being contractually obligated to be the closer are not true. But I know there was a lot of talk well, about that recent. I was making there was an agreement when he signed. I said I was, I was, I was making air quotes when I said that. <laughs> so, well, I, whether or not he has an agreement, how he's handled that, I think, is a huge question for the Nationals if they do add an arm there. So I think that's a more than legitimate topic to discuss because clearly he wanted to close when he came over here, and that was part of the agreement, him agreeing to come over here. So if the Nationals do add a bullpen arm, regardless of who it is, it should be interesting to see how it's all handled, if they go into a setup role or they match up with closers, whoever's best in the ninth inning. We'll have to see if and when that happens. But we know who's going to pitch tomorrow, Lucas Giolito against Christian Friedrich in the series finale with the Padres, and it's off to Cleveland and San Francisco for some more late-night mass action 58 and 40 after the win today. I think all of our reception here on the phone is a little bit shoddy for now. I apologize to the listeners if some of it's tough to make out, but it's worth listening to because we're all very smart. Matt Knightley, sponsored by SecondBaseball.com. I'll talk to both of you guys tomorrow.
Go Nets. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.